You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. And welcome to Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And this is the last time we're going to be discussing Rebels until September or October time. Like, this is, I'm going to feel like a massive void here. I know, I'm going to be hungry for quite a while now, but uh, looking forward to celebration because hopefully we get that trailer dropping. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to drop a trailer or not, but we're definitely going to get some sort of images, concept art, yep. something like that, some information here, because this season ended a lot different than I thought it was going to. We didn't have quite the conclusive ending that I thought this whole season was building up to, yep. and we're going to get into all of that, but first, walking into this from Twin Suns, how are you feeling about this season finale before even watching? We had Twilight the Apprentice last year, which was an absolutely incredible end to a season. And we're walking into this probably the best season yet of Rebels, season three. I'm going to say that right now, not including the season finale or anything like that. Yeah. This has been an incredible season to discuss, to watch, yeah. to see the characters develop out of this with the inclusion of Thrawn 2. Yes. This has been a ton of fun. It's been darker. It's handled most of the characters really well. And we've got a lot out of not only the Force aspect of this TV series, but we've seen a lot of development in Sabine, in Thrawn, in Callus. Right. Like a lot of characters have got some spotlight here. Some other characters like Zeb didn't get quite the spotlight that they yeah. should have or maybe could have, like we've seen in the past seasons. But how are you feeling coming into this? Oh, man, I was hyped. I mean, coming off of Twin Suns, you know, this is just it set the bar so high. And uh, I was totally excited to see you this episode going into it and um man this uh this had like a rogue one stench all over it oh it did so jeez i felt a lot of ot in this yes. in this episode here i got a lot of return of the jedi when we're in space and then zooming back to adelon i got a lot of empire strikes back right. when the ground assault started and then yeah rogue one especially towards the end of this episode yeah. i got a lot of that so you seem to be building a lot of these cinematic themes into this like i'm really getting that they wanted this to feel more like a movie and less like a weekly episodic tv show right something you can watch on the big screen yeah, it was. And this this opened to one of my favorite openings for a season finale for an episode here is we got Thrawn walking off of a shuttle flanked by two Death Troopers. I love the inclusion of the Death Troopers here. It brings a little bit of that Rogue One yes. element to it. It makes Thrawn feel important, part mm -hmm. of this Tarkin initiative. Yes. And I did. I wish we got to hear them kind of do their talking back and forth, but I love how they started this episode. Right. right. And then we got Tarkin in yes. there right yeah yes which was, i did not see that coming at all no there's a yeah. lot of appearances throughout this episode of characters that are important to the ot like Tarkin. we got to see mon mothma right. through here general dodana yeah. we got mention of bail organa so there's a lot of elements tying this into the ot into what we're probably going to see more of in season four that's right i love when they do that i love how they use this as the glue to stick everything together it's great and they and they drop the yavin i think uh ap5 yeah drop right the yavin the base, right so Jeez. Yeah, just huge. a lot to get you excited for season four yeah. here. And it's really cool how this starts because this, again, is showing Thrawn being Thrawn. I think that in the last couple episodes with Thrawn, we really got him showing his deductive nature. I like the physicality of yep. him. Some people aren't really supportive of that, but I do enjoy that aspect of Thrawn. And we got him playing 
Callus right here. Callus right. played right into the plan of Thrawn. He knew this was happening yeah. right from the beginning. He's got Governor Price there. He's got Constantine. And they're giving him the information that eventually leads to Thrawn discovering not only Fulcrum, that is Callus, yeah. as well as the Adalon base. Yes. Yeah, we saw this coming, right? Um, the whole endgame from the beginning. Um, we knew Thrawn was hot on Callus's trail. Um, I do like they, they kind of got right into it. They didn't wait to the second half. To, yeah. to reveal this, you know, so that, that was cool. And it's cool because we did see the fight training with Thrawn before, so it made sense to see him fight Callus. You know, that kind of served a purpose, particularly for this episode, to see him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Callus and, you know, completely beat him. Yeah, that was right. a great fight. I like seeing them go, yeah, toe-to-toe -to -toe there. You see the fighting skills. Both of them are respected fighters. Yes. They're both quite smart. I like seeing them opposing each other. Like, I think we we talked a lot about this, and again, spoilers for this whole thing. We're mm -hmm. going to jump kind of oh, yeah. to and fro around this episode. But you had talked a lot about Callus being the one that's going to kill Thrawn. Right. And I was never really there. Yeah. But at the end of this episode, I'm more there than I ever was yeah. for this whole season. I know. And I'm glad they didn't go down that path in this episode. I think it would have overwhelmed the episode. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they've got Callus now in the rebellion, and I think eventually, you know, we see the start of the fight here. We know there's a lot of animosity there. I think we're eventually going to see Callus actually kill Thrawn, but it's going to be at the end of season four, yes. as opposed to what we didn't get in this episode. That's right. I mean, I guess the Bendu knows what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and another big focus on this episode was, of course, Ezra and Kanan. And they had some interesting interaction at the top of the episode here. And when Kanan drops the line, sometimes I wonder if I have anything left to teach you. I thought to myself, they're going to kill Kanan yeah. in this episode. He's done. They tease right. it through the whole episode. Like he gets shot by one of the the Star Destroyer missiles when he's on the bike coming back from the Bendu. Yeah. Like they were really building into this, like that Kanan was either going to sacrifice himself for Ezra. This is the last thing he has to give to Ezra. And then Ezra is talking about, no, you need to teach me more about being a good person. Yeah, and life. Yeah, life. Like yeah. that was interesting because that really played into this more father-son relationship or brotherly relationship. Yeah. But I thought for sure, I was like, oh my God, this is like, we've been talking about Zeb or someone else this whole season. Yeah. And I was like, they're going to kill Kanan. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I thought for sure the way they built that up and I was like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to take him out this season. Um, seeing the relationship in this episode was just great though. It is something that we've never really even seen quite there with Obi-Wan and Anakin. To, so to see Ezra and Kanan, uh, you know, a vibe on that level was just great. But yeah, for sure, I, th I thought they're setting up Kanan for his uh, for his death in this episode. Did you feel too that Ezra in this episode was more of the consistent Ezra that we'd been hoping for? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I felt like the Ezra we haven't seen in a while actually. Yeah. So it is nice to see that. Yeah, that's a good call. Again, very light on the Force, with the exception yeah. of the Kanan and Bendu stuff. And mm -hmm. Ezra does use finally uses his lightsaber yeah. towards the end of the episode. Again. Yeah, because we saw it teasing that trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think about them not even touching on twin sons in this whole episode? Even in that moment where they had Ezra and Kanan discussing things, like he doesn't even mention like, hey, Kanan, I have something I really need to talk to you about. There's this guy, Ben Kenobi, you know, Master Kenobi. He's <laughs> yeah. kicking around yeah. on Tatooine and he just killed Maul. Right. Like nothing. Like I want him <laughs> to just even just a drop line to say, we're going to pick this up in season four. And we may get something like that, but I was waiting for that because that was such a huge episode and it gave so many questions to fandom. It did tie up some of those loose ends, oh, yeah. but it also opened up this floodgate of questions about the chosen one oh, yeah. about how 
I, I still question how Ezra actually knew that Kenobi killed Maul. Like, um, people pointed out to me that maybe he just looked and saw it happen. But to me, it just there had to have been that drop line that says, look, I saw something huge today. Right. And we need to discuss this in season four, Caden. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It felt a little disjointed, especially coming up to, because, you know, if, if you've been following us for a while now on, on SW Rebels Alert, um, we're a big fan of watching these, you know, on the Blu-ray, you know, um, to go through these kind of seasons episode after episode is great. And I feel like this doesn't work. If you're going to come up to Twin Suns and then watch this episode, it'll feel out of place because yeah. there's just no continuity whatsoever with it, right? No. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little off there, but... um. I'm kind of glad they didn't mention Obi Wan. I don't want to see Obi Wan ever show up again in the show. But it would have been it would have made sense, right, for Ezra to be like, you know, when he went off to go find Sabine, why would we thought of like Obi Wan? Yeah, you know? so. I agree. I don't want to see Obi Wan in here. I don't think he needs to fit into this universe because again, you're playing too much with yeah. continuity. But it's still it's an important fact that they need to drop at some point. Yeah, that Ezra needs to acknowledge that he met and interacted with Obi Wan Kenobi at yeah. some point down the line. Whether it's just a stepping stone, a lesson learned, or something to that effect. Yeah, they need to address it a little bit just for me just to yeah. fill in that last little bit of continuity because it's such a huge dangling thread yeah yeah and i agree with you and, and on that note too was just you know for for calling out for help in this episode i, I was like well where is like shams and Dula? you know where's where are those guys where's even um uh, yeah and, and where's saw like where's Guerrero? like yeah. some of those guys would have been like a huge factor to help in this battle and i thought we were going to see everybody all the alliances even the iron squadron i thought we were going to see all those guys show up yeah in this episode which we didn't so that's a little weird yeah it was a little weird and i don't we don't mean to sound negative here yeah, at all because yeah. like just let's get off the top here that yeah. we absolutely loved this episode oh, yeah. at least i did i yeah. thought it was fantastic it was, it was a great way to end and i love what filoni's been doing with his season finales here he seems to be taking ideas plot threads from the clone wars and using these last couple episodes to wrap them up we saw in season two he wrapped up ahsoka's Arc, which is fantastic yes. season three he's wrapped up the mall arc which yep. was again awesome in twin sons and that somewhat took away from the season finale i think yes for me it was there i didn't get the same amount of closure out of this episode that i did get from twin sons that I did get from twilight of princess yes and i don't think that is a negative here i think this was much more of a setup episode for season four rather than a conclusion to season three right so kicking back over to the episode itself here, when Thrawn arrives on Adelon after deducing, you know, using the transmissions, he X marks the spot type thing. Yeah, using the and art. The art, yeah, yes. the missing planet. Yep. Fantastic. I like that they, you know, reference back to the episode where we did see AP5 and Chopper take that planet out. Yep. And he used the art to kind of come around full circle of this. It seems somewhat simplistic, but at the same time, I like that they continue to use this deductive ability of Thrawn. Right. And then he has... The whole fleet, or his whole fleet, showing up on Adelon. And I love seeing Star Destroyers come directly out of hyperspace. Oh, it's the best thing. Yeah, and this episode, more so than any other Rebels episode, I think, this really focused in on the space battles. We had lots of ships. We had Dodonna's ships coming to the aid of yeah. the Rebels on Adelon. We had the Star Destroyers and the, the Interdictors coming out of hyperspace. TIE fighters, A-wings fighting, Y-wings fighting. Was that Wedge we saw? I think that was it Wedge like in wedge. an A-wing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. no X-Wings, right. which is which is cool. We can leave that to season, season four. four yeah. um, but I really liked this this massive space battlefield. This is where I'm getting more of Return of the Jedi and Rogue One yes. out of this is because of the space battles. Especially when we're seeing ships on ships. You know, the yeah. kamikaze effect going on. That's just Rogue One right there. Yeah. Right. 
And Hera has this this plan now that they've the rebels have been discovered. They've been forced to stay on Adalon. They're looking to retreat at this point. They need to get off the planet. But because of the interdictor ships, they're no longer able to go to hyperspace because of the gravity wells. So Hera sends Ezra and Kanan originally to go seek help to get someone, whether it's Mon Mothma or the Kruf or some of the other rebel factions, to bring them back to help them get them off Adalon and out of the Empire's grip, out of Thrawn's grip here. And Kanan does take a little detour here. He decides he's going to go visit the Bendu. Right. This was an interesting element in this episode, an element I wasn't particularly expecting. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the Bendu's interaction first here with Kanan, and then Kanan going on and calling him a coward? And then as we scroll towards the end of this episode, we get him in a big way. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing right there is is the big way effect. This uh, weather storm yeah. going on that that took me out. This this was. It didn't feel Star Wars like at all. Um, it kind of felt maybe old Star Wars canon before Disney bought them out. Um, going back to the video games, The Force Unleashed, uh, Part One and Two, you had a very like overpowered Sith Jedi in that game, which was kind of weird. And this felt something like that, where he's very overpowered. This guy was like a big cloud storm. It didn't feel like Star Wars. So the the Bendu really took me out of this episode. Yeah, I'd agree yeah. with you. I, I liked the concept of the Bendu mm-hmm. being kind of this man in the middle. The middle yeah. And I because they've been playing a lot with that in the books, especially this whole gray Jedi thing. I know some people don't really particularly like that, yeah. but I'm okay with this. And I think Kanan is leaning that way a little bit. Right, right. Um, but what they turned him into, it almost felt more Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah. Uh, his whole speech and then going on. Like, I know I'm kind of comparing him, I guess, to an Ent in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But I, I just was an element that felt slightly out of place in an episode that otherwise felt like it was buried in the OT. Yeah. We go from the, the battle, the ground invasion, the space battles. The music. Even, yeah, the music yeah. was on oh, point, man. Crazy, yeah. They say that every week. Yeah, this season. It was weaving it. in so many OT elements yeah. into this. And when we got the big swelling moments when ships are like the Y wings are taking off. It's got the star Wars theme, the main theme right built into this score. Fantastic. Incredible. But yeah, there's only an element that kind of took me out of here because otherwise it was OT all the way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Going back to hero. Would you, did you hear that line? She said love to Kanan. Yeah. So they seem to be developing some sort of, I don't know. I never really caught it before. Some sort of relationship, I guess. Yeah. See, I never picked up the book. Is it new Dawn? Yeah. Kanan ones. I did the comics, but I never picked up that book. So maybe it touches upon a relationship in there. She calls him love at one point, and yeah. then she also has that. I don't know if it's in the same sentence or not, but is that, is that when he kind of gets shot, and then he says, Thrawn's actually trying to kill us, which is a great line, right? This time, because it references almost what the fans are being like, Why isn't he ever trying to kill them? And Kaden yeah. calls it right out in the episode, yeah, that was awesome, yeah, it was great. But she was kind of really worried about him, and she kind of got this high pitch, yeah. like that almost like emotional attachment. Of right. course, they're, they're friends, they're, they're warriors together in this, but there seemed to be a bit more of that emotional and relationship level yeah. brought into this and she kind of has that touch towards the end of the episode as well right so they seem to be maybe hinting at something maybe for season four yeah which fine sure interesting yeah yeah it's different yeah. so let's let's talk a little bit more about about thrawn here this this character he's he's a favorite of mine from legends this is probably one of my favorite villains in star wars yeah it's huge and i really think they did him justice like towards the start of the season he was a little slow. Like, this was a slow burn villain here. And Absolutely. I'm happy that when we came to the conclusion of this episode that he wasn't dead. 
Because that was yes. my biggest fear was that we spent the whole season almost developing him really slowly. You're getting to know Thrawn. And it's not until the last couple episodes where you really see Thrawn. You see him using the art. You see him using his deductive skills, even the physicality of him. I think that they really got to a point where they've built Thrawn up into an adversary worthy of the entire rebellion. And I'm happy that we're going to see him going into season four because even his defeat here wasn't really his fault. We saw some dissension amongst the ranks within the Empire there, which was cool. We saw them kind of screwing up on his behalf. Right. And then also the Bendu. That was a factor that he had no idea about. So mm -hmm. he didn't actually lose. And I thought that was a good way to save face for Thrawn right. as well as save face for the Rebellion too. You could have them escaping and Thrawn not actually losing. Yeah. How did you feel about Thrawn through the entirety of the season and coming down to this weird bucket wearing Thrawn towards the <laughs> end of the episode? Yeah, you know, um, the first, I think, three appearances of him in the season, I loved. I, th I thought, man, this is great because, you know, I, I haven't gone back and read the, the Timothy Zahn books. Yeah. Um, so they really had to make this character work for the general audience that isn't really um, aware of Thrawn. And, and they pulled it off. I've... There was, there was the middle of the season where it's kind of like he kept letting them go and letting them go, letting them go. And then this time he's full out, like, you know, I'm taking these guys out. Like, he meant business. And and I loved it. I really like what they did. And, you know, I've been a big fan of him being kind of uh, having some background in combat. I really do like that. I yeah. think it makes total sense for the character because in this in this world, in his position, he should have that background. Exactly. So I, I think they did. I think he's actually probably one of the best things in this episode. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they really great. let him shine here. And even yeah. when he delivers that really grim message to the entire rebellion when they're saying, you know, we will not surrender. Well, I'm not asking for surrender. Yes. Like, I love what he does there. And then he just beats them down from the, the space assault onto the shields. Yeah. That was fantastic. Was and he kind of seizes it. And I'm like, oh no, we're getting more of this like Thrawn's kind of kind of play with, Playing them, with here. them. But then he goes straight down to the surface himself right. with all the death troopers. And they get the chicken walkers showing up. And I'm thinking to myself, Please let there be adats here. Please, yeah. please, please. And then you can hear them walking. I like how Rex or Zeb calls it out. I recognize that sound. Right. And boom, out of the mist come the Imperial Walkers. That's my favorite vehicle on the Empire side. I love seeing them here. That gave me that Hoth feeling, yes. this ground invasion. Like the whole sequence of events is pounding from space and then the ground assault. That was Hoth. That was Empire yeah. Strikes Back for me. Well, that's what I want to ask you because uh, you, you you know you know your vehicles in this in this galaxy and the AT-ATs. I say AT-ATs. Are these the original size from Empire? Or are these ones smaller? Just because when Kanan took that one out, I was like, whoa, that seemed kind of like smaller. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really. They look smaller. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it's a lot of work for Luke and and the rest of the rebels to take out one of them. So when Kanan, you know, did the lightsaber swipe, I was like, that's cool. And I love the way it looks. But I was just like, are there different models, different sizes? Because it just seemed... Well, the only other one that I'm aware of mm -hmm. is the ATACT, which is what we saw in Rogue One. But that's more oh, of a cargo... Beach? Yeah, the beach. That's yeah. more of a cargo transport. Oh, okay. So that's a good... I didn't really think about that. Because, yeah, he does take like a single leap. And yeah. A, and that almost makes the, the whole, like what Luke and them do in Empire kind of inconsequential. Because right. Kanan just goes, boom. <laughs> But it's it looked great. It, it, looked great. <laughs> it did yeah. look fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Oh, oh yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. So good. Incredible. And this, this is one of the moments in the episode that we do get Zeb and Rex. About um, time. Yeah, about time yeah. is right. I like the interaction between the two of them. Yeah. But we really didn't get much of Zeb this season, eh? No, and, and even Rex. But Zeb was really in the background to the point where we did think he was going to be taken yeah. out. Um, I'm completely wrong there. Uh, maybe next season. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. No. no. Like, he didn't even have enough lines or enough <laughs> screen time to be even close to get even an emotional attachment to the yeah. character before a death. Because right. you need to have them have a lot of screen time. You need to have the people watching connect to the character before you kill them. Right. 
And you can't do that if he's not in the episode. No. <laughs> Speaking about deaths here, a scene almost directly out of Rogue One was Sato's sacrifice. Yeah. That was a pretty big moment. Like, that really got me. I thought it was really cool how they, they built up to that. He took that massive carrier. That big crash was very reminiscent of what we saw in Rogue One with the two Imperial Star Destroyers. Yes. That was that was really cool. And a character, it makes sense that he dies because we don't see him in Rogue One. Yeah. We've never seen him in the OT. This is a character that, yes, has been carried throughout the season. It does make room for Hera now to take over Phoenix Squadron. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a sad scene. It had a little bit of a Titanic <laughs> over there, you know, with the captain going down the ship and, and his two fellow mates there were like, you know, we're with you. We're, we're going to stay here. So yeah. I thought that was really heroic. And again, it was great. It was, it was right, a callback right to Rogue One. Um you know, the guy on the opposing end is an idiot because Thrawn told him, you know, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. And he didn't listen. Thrawn might have won the yeah. battle if it wasn't for that guy. So, um, yeah, all around that was a great sequence. Yeah, it yeah. was really good. And I think when we when we compare it to Return of the Jedi, Hoth, and Rogue One, I, I wouldn't say that we're saying that Rebels is copying. No. It's, it's just a highlighting and making us feel like we're in that atmosphere, yes. in that world. And I think that makes the episode better, not worse. I don't. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's copying for no. copying's sake or they're taking shortcuts or whatever. This is improving the episode, the feel of the episode overall. Yeah, definitely. So I actually watched this in two parts. I downloaded the first part because I was away for the weekend, and that's why we're coming at you guys a little late. Apologize for that. Um, and I watched it, and the first part of this, I think, was quite a bit better than the second part. I was so engaged. There was a lot going on. I saw the Kanan thing rattling around in my head. We got a lot of good Thrawn scenes here. The interaction with the Bendu early on was good. And then for me, the second part, not I wouldn't say weaker. Weaker is the wrong word, but it didn't finish the way I thought. Like The first part of this episode was a massive buildup, and I think the payoff wasn't exactly what I thought we were going to get from the buildup from the first part of this episode. Did you kind of get the same feeling? Yeah, completely. Um, some things were just kind of going a, a different direction than I thought they were going to be yeah. going, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the key part towards the end of part one here is Ezra is now on a solo mission to go get help from someone, whether that's Mon Mothma, who does turn him down. So I like seeing her in this episode again. Yeah. And then predictably, he goes after Sabine. And they do some nice work with the interaction of Ezra and Sabine when he finally does get to Mandalore. And they set up this Mandalorian civil war, which we're going to see in season four. Right. That was a pretty cool way to set up something we're going to see later on in this episode without lingering on it too much. It didn't spend very much time there. Mm -hmm. And I liked how they set that up for Sabine, this massive arc that's going to continue out of season three, an arc that I really grew to like. And we're going to see that into season four. Yes. Yeah. And it was so good to have Sabine back on the crew. I yeah. think even Kanan calls it out. Like, this feels like family again. Yeah. You know, everybody was back. That was cool. Because Sabine, Sabine, this whole season has been the breakout. She's yeah. been just incredible. Every time she appears on screen, I've been loving it. So really glad she uh, came back to the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you think of the whole Mandalorian fight sequence? We've got the, the fighter ships coming in, and they've got them all bailing out and running across the interdictor, kind of Ezra with the lightsaber yeah. and all the jetpacks and all that. It's a pretty cool sequence. Yeah, you know, it, the Mandalorians, it worked for me, you know, especially when they did the whole Jango Fett move where yeah. they kind of kneel down and the rocket shoots out. Um, something weird about seeing a Jedi in an astronaut costume yeah. though it's, it's a little weird when i see that i mean obviously when i see luke in his x-wing pilot gear that works it's cool he's in a ship but just seeing them fighting outside in literally in space yeah. is weird but ezra looked good with the lightsaber he was he yeah. was holding it down so that's always good to see 
Because it's been a long time since we've seen him use his lightsaber. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And he really didn't use the Force much in here. No. But that, that's okay. And I think with the elements, like seeing a Jedi in a space suit and even mm. the Bendu, I think because this episode and even this whole season tried so hard to make you feel like you were in the original trilogy you were bumping up against rogue one here Mm -hmm. is that sometimes when they go with a bit more of the fantastical elements of the star wars universe it kind of pulls you out a bit because we have to i guess still recognize that it is a rebels cartoon show right and i think it still fits in with the canon that they're building around this around clone wars but because we're seeing so many elements tucked in there from the original trilogy, I think that's what pulls us out a little bit. And I have to sometimes check myself and say, look, Tim, it's it's still a cartoon. Yeah. They're telling a great story here. And not to get too nitpicky yes. about those type of things. Like there's it's like the AP5 thing. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and but some people were really pulled out yeah, of that, yeah. right? But no, that's that's a good point because at the end of the day it is still an XD and you, you gotta attract those kids still, right? Yeah. It, it, it is still a cartoon. So yeah, totally get that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was a good scene. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It really gave Ezra something to do yes, in this episode finally yeah <laughs> and it gave a, a way for Sabine to come back into this more organically rather than her just kind of randomly showing up to the base during you know a civil war on her planet right did, did you know right off the bat uh, like was it obvious to you that he's gonna go to Sabine and, and pick her up them up i guess you know from this the trailers you did see the mandalorian ships at one point so i knew they were going to factor into this some way Mm -hmm. and they couldn't go through this season without having sabine show back up even if it's just for a short amount of time but i was really hoping we're going to have a lot of rebel ships popping out of hyperspace yeah but again i had to think back that the battle of scarif was really the rebels first victory exactly so it was almost set up from the beginning that this can't go well for the rebels right and it really didn't they lost the majority of their fleet they lost their base on adelon and they didn't escape with much no it was pretty dire when you look at the consequences of this battle for the rebellion they lost almost all of phoenix squadron i think yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, obviously, Mod Month, I made the right call by pulling out. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, I, I can't get involved with this one because the Rebellion's still young on her yeah. end, right? And we obviously need them in Rogue One and going further. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And let's we, we kind of spoke about it a little bit here before, the Bendu, kind of emerging here towards the end of the episode. He, he kind of comes out at a time when Kanan and Hera, they're captured by Thrawn. Thrawn walks up with the Death Troopers and has them in his grass. He's basically got them cornered He's got the base secured, and then the Bendu arrives. One element that I did like about this was that it wasn't the Bendu versus the Empire. It was the Bendu versus everyone. Yes, he stuck his ground from the beginning, saying he is in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole aspect of it kind of, like we said before, threw me off a bit. And the fact that they were able to shoot him out of the sky was also a bit different. I don't know if that was on purpose, that he kind of fell out of the sky to deliver this ominous message or what the deal with that was like it was i the one thing that i do like about it is that it allowed like i said before thrawn to be defeated without actually being defeated right this is an element that he couldn't account for yeah um and then this this ominous message that he i had to rewind it like 10 times i can never really understand the bend <laughs> and he says i see your defeat surrounding you like many arms in a cold embrace which is interesting because going back to legends he was killed by the one person he trusted the most. Yes. And this doesn't sound like they're going to go that direction. What are your kind of thoughts on what Bendu is delivering here for Thrawn? 
I honestly had no idea. I have no idea. You know, the, the Kanan even has a hard time, yeah. you know, keeping up with uh, with the Bendu there. So I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still a fan of the theory that, you know, Kals will ultimately take him out. There's obviously more to this message, yeah. though, than that, right? So I'm really not too sure. And you do have the, the bigger background in Legends. So that'd be cool if they're, they're waking at something. But like you just said. I, I can't because he was killed by his bodyguard Rook. Exactly. And that, this, this message doesn't scream to me that it's someone that's close to him like it would that's be right. maybe more of a warm embrace or right. you know an individual that you like something that kind of points in the direction that's going to be someone that he trusts that yes. actually kills him this doesn't really feel like that i don't know maybe i'm not reading into it enough or mm. maybe i'm reading into it too much right but it is a nice thing for later on in season four it's something for him to dwell on a bit yeah and that may be his undoing to a degree well and i guess this you know lets us know that he's not making it outside of this series I, I i take him like he like you know some people were kind of thinking maybe he's going to make it to episode eight or episode seven or he's in the background between Re- return of the jedi which i would like but i think this here kind of solidifies that we're not going to see you throw on much longer after this no i think season four is probably it for him because he's not in any of the aftermath books and that's right. a time when he would emerge yes like he, to coming to take control of the empire as it's fragmented so that we don't sense. see him there unless he's I, I just can't see him not being involved if he's still alive so i think season four is going to to see the end of thrawn but we'll probably get him through the majority of the season because he's going to be the main bad guy again it's going to be interesting having a, a villain kind of carried over into the next season which mm-hmm. i'm kind of excited about yeah yeah and i think they established like this character works pretty well on the rebels show yeah so it makes sense to have him at least for another season yeah, yeah. Well, as we get to the end of the episode here, I would say the Battle of Adelon was lost, but the Rebellion survives. At least Phoenix Squadron survives here. Yeah. We've got Callus escaping and him joining officially the Rebellion, yeah. which is kind of nice to see. I'd like to see him become a bigger part of the Ghost crew yes. into Season 4. I kind of like this character now. He's a bit of a dick <laughs> towards the start, but yeah. I like that. I Hopefully, they build a little bit more on this relationship between him and Zeb yeah. or him and Ezra because they've had a lot of interaction here. So I like seeing Callus here. Kanan, to me, even though he had small parts in this episode, I thought he was one of the breakout characters here along with Hera. Mm-hmm. They're two characters I'm really excited for going into Season 4. I said it before, Kanan has got this Kenobi feel to him, and Hera is just on another level now. Yeah. Like she's going to be promoted here. We know she does eventually become a general. I'm really looking forward to seeing her story expanded because this year was about Ezra and Sabine. Yeah. I'm hoping next year we get a bit more on Hera and Kanan. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I, I really hope we do get more uh, Kanan. I think there's so much there that we can um, chip away at with the character, especially because I felt like this season we didn't get much of him at all, especially seeing the way he, his story kind of not necessarily ended, but seeing you know what happened to him at the end of season two, yeah. I thought we were going to get a lot of that character, especially his relationship with Ezra, which we didn't. Um, next season, I really hope they tighten up Ezra's writing or his character because it's, yeah. it's 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 pretty inconsistent. And um, yeah, I'm glad Callus made it because I thought this guy was going to die too. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm really glad he made it to the Rebel Alliance team. You yeah, know, Phoenix Squadron. That's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic episode. Yes. So I know we kind of nitpicked there a little bit, but yeah. at the end of the day, this was a great cap off to what seems like a massive setup season four. Season four. I think yes. season four is going to be good. This is getting progressively better each and every season. I'd say right here, right now, season three is my favorite season of Rebels. Yeah. This wasn't the best season finale, yeah. but it was a great way to end this unreal season of Rebels. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the season as a whole and the season finale? Yeah, this season, um, 
the season's stronger than season two, but I feel like season two um, had less filler episodes. But all around this season packs a punch. I mean, you got Obi-Wan, you got Saw Gerrera, you got Thrawn. Like, this season is awesome. It's, 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 a, it's a fantastic season. I just think there's a few fillers in there. And a few... Squadron, Wakatha Job. Yeah, and yeah. And there's, there's a few characters, that they, like I mentioned before, that just didn't really um, touch upon enough. Yeah. Other than that, this is great. The animation's incredible. The music, this is the best music score we've had in the series. Um, it's, it's been phenomenal. And, you know, this, this whole journey we've taken with you guys and you listeners out there, it's been so much fun, you know, tuning into Rebels, uh, SW Rebels Alert. So thank you so much for listening to us. And yep. we can't wait to uh, get back in touch with you guys well, some point in uh, October or September. Yeah, September, October. It's going to be a long while before yeah. we get some new Rebel stuff. And we're going to be coming back, of course, next year, season four, doing the same thing, our follow-up after show sort of formatting here. And yeah, it's been great. Thank you guys for, for taking this Rebels journey with us. This is something new that we tried yeah. this year, doing these short form after shows. I really enjoy discussing this season. Uh, this is the first season that I've actually sat and watched through each and every episode as they came out. The right. other two seasons were binge watching as I kind of got into this a little bit late at Troy's recommendation. <laughs> so that was awesome. I, I'm super stoked for season four here. Like I said, this is my favorite season of Rebels so yeah. far. I'm glad that Thrawn survived through this. He's going to get a little bit more development, a little bit more screen time to give me that that full Thrawn that I wanted, that, that character from Legends that we were promised by Filoni right. at Celebration last year. Hopefully get a little bit more insight at Celebration this year as to what we're going to see in Season 4. Fingers are crossed for maybe a little trailer. I'm a little bit doubtful on that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a Thrawn Funko Pop coming. Yeah, the and, book. Yeah, the book yeah. coming April 11th, I think. Yeah. So just a couple of weeks away, we're going to get our fill of Thrawn as we go through this kind of hiatus time. And maybe what we're going to do here is we're going to return periodically to try to maybe do short form episodes nice. discussing maybe some of the literature a bit more. Or if we feel like we need a little bit more Star Wars in our lives, we're going to kind of come back and maybe try to throw some of these episodes together. So make sure you keep tuned into the feed you're listening to right now. This is the Nerd Room feed. We're going to be continuing with the Nerd Room every single Thursday where we discuss all the nerd news from around the world. We're heavy Star Wars focused, Marvel and DC focused. So make sure to tune in every Thursday to get your fill of the nerd world. And like I said, we're always going to be trying to come back and giving you a little bit more Star Wars content on this channel. And while we're talking a little bit about Star Wars here, I just want to throw a few promo items out there. Tumbling Saber is doing this really cool initiative where they've got a panel of guests that come to their website every week and do more or less a what if. It's called Endless Star Wars. I've participated in the last two. And it's asking questions like, what if Maul killed Obi-Wan in last week's Twin Suns episode? So this is a cool formatting. This is something that there's numerous people from different podcasts, even outside of the Commonwealth that are taking part of and giving our own individual spins on these what if questions. A lot of great stuff is coming out of it. So that drops every single Monday and going forward, I'm going to try my best to keep up with that kind of contributing to that. And then there's a few other Star Wars related things that I'm going to hold off on right now, but we'll be announcing potentially in the next couple nerd room episodes, which again, like I said, are always on this feed you're listening to right now every single thursday yeah it's awesome stuff guys for all you guys out there that go back to uh, the old school marvel comics the what if stories if you love those you're gonna love these it's basically star wars meets the what if concept so yeah. be sure to check those out fantastic stuff so guys 
If you'd like to get a hold of us, comment on this episode, send in your theories for season four. You can always get a hold of us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can comment on our Facebook or YouTube pages. You can always grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. All right, guys. Well, until next year for Star Wars Rebels Alert, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.